This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelor, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be sitting here today chatting with my dear friend, Samantha Skelly. Sam and I originally met in Vancouver probably eight, nine, yeah, ten years a ago. ago. <laughs> a long time ago when we were both <laughs> new in this conversation about um, body positivity and eating and all the things. Mm-hmm. Sam is the CEO and founder of two incredible companies, Hungry for Happiness and Pause Breathwork. She is an author, a speaker, and she has helped thousands of women transform their relationship with food. I'm so excited to have you here today to share a little piece of your story and some of the things that you've learned along the way that might help other women in their own journey. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. I um I have this like clear memory of you and I um filming this like a raw beauty talks video. And like I I remember that just being like such a special, special little moment. So it's been cool. Yes. It's been cool to like see you on your journey and yeah. So. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That was our I Am Enough campaign that yes. we did with Nicole Bridger. And yes. we had all of you stand in front of a mirror mm. and talk about the things that you saw when you looked in the mirror. And it was oh like it was so touching so to see beautiful. All of you open up like that in front of us. There were tears, there was like mm-hmm. aha moments. It was really cool. It's really yeah, cool. I actually watched it like not so long ago on YouTube. Oh, did you? <laughs> I didn't even know it was on there. We're going to have to link to it in the show notes so people can go back and see what it was. Oh, so beautiful. The beginning. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, so much of what you do is born from your own pain Mm -hmm. and born from a place of hardship. I can only imagine. Um, I won't put words in your mouth, but Mm -hmm. I would love it if you could start off by just telling us a little bit about your journey yeah. and your personal story, because, mm-hmm. you know, looking at you today and flipping through your social accounts, you are this confident, vibrant, mm-hmm. uh, CEO, boss woman, you know, mm-hmm. like beautiful, sexy photos on the beach and just owning and standing in her power. Mm-hmm. So has that always been the case for you? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> So yeah, I grew up as a as a dancer and an actress. So from a very young age, I was either on a stage or in front of the camera. And I always had this like deep like deep feeling of not enoughness. And so so my way of dealing with my not enoughness at a young age was just like overperforming, you know, like I found my worth in the things that I did and not who I was as a, as a young kid. And, and because I was constantly validated for the things that I did, I just kept doing them. Right. So it was like this, it was like this vicious cycle. And when I was a young girl, I, I remember, I remember this one memory of being in the bathtub around 12 years old. And I, I've always loved like alone time. I still do so much. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> My boyfriend and I are like, when we move in together, we're going to have separate rooms. <laughs> I would kill for that right now. In the middle of self-isolation with a family of four. 
Oh my God. Yes. No, absolutely. Obviously adore them, but still alone, alone time is vital for some of us. It so is. So I have this like vivid memory of being in the bath at 12 years old. And I can remember like my belly that, that was like sort of protruding over the water. And I remember this moment of like, I'm not good enough. I, this is not acceptable. And it was, I was such a, I was at such a young age. And so I always had really intense body image issues growing up. Um, and when I was 18 and I stopped dancing and I stopped acting, that is when my eating disorder started to come in. So I, I, I had this vivid memory of being 18 years old. I was on the beach in Australia and I was lying there again, looking at my body being like, this isn't acceptable. And I, which is crazy to look back and think about that because it's, I'm literally the exact same size I am now. And now I'm like, oh my God, I love my body. It's the greatest thing ever. But back then I had this like filter of distortion and this filter of um, just negativity and, and seeing, seeing things completely different, like body dysmorphia out the wazoo. It's crazy to even think about that. Um, so I remember the first diet I ever went on was the cabbage soup diet, which is a diet that my, I like, I saw my mom do it, do it, you know, like, I'm like, oh yeah, mom, remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Just eat like crap loads of cabbage and like hope for the best. So I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why do we do this to ourselves? No, no. I totally did that one as well. It's horrible. Never, Mm. ever do it. Never Mm. do it. Mm. Yeah. It was absolutely horrible. So that actually led me to. Um, so I, that was like my first, I, that was the first diet of this phase of my life that I called the diet depression where I was on over 50 diets in less than four years and just like couldn't, couldn't, could not eat like a normal person to save my life. And so that day I bought crap loads of cabbage. I started eating cabbage soup for like weeks and weeks and weeks on end and ended up in the hospital. And the doctors were like, what happened? And my boyfriend at the time was like, uh, like, I don't know. She just like, this is all she eats. And the doctors were like, well, like we need, you need to eat more than this. And it like that, that moment in the hospital wasn't enough for me to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I should probably do that. I just kept trying other things. I'm like, oh, well, okay, well I won't do the cabbage soup diet. Then I'll do like this other thing. And it just perpetuated into this cycle of like never feeling like I had a grasp on food, dieting, overeating, dieting, overeating, dieting, starting mm. on a Monday. And then by a Wednesday, I was binging. And, mm. and meanwhile, I was a personal trainer. So meanwhile, I was so committed to like trying to help people, but I felt completely out of integrity because I wasn't helping myself at all. Mm. So I can remember at this time, so fast forward four years, I was living in England and um, dating the same boy. I actually moved there for him. He was British. And um, I, I just remember being in like such a battle with food to the point where I would wake up and the first thought in my mind was, I just can't wait to go to bed. And not because I didn't want to live, but I, I didn't want to deal with the thoughts in my mind over yeah. and over and over again. It was just like yeah. so relentless. It was exhausting. And in addition to the thoughts in my mind, I was on and off the scale a hundred times a day. And just like, if I didn't exercise for two hours then I, you know, there was just so much of that. And so I remember um, like praying and this was at a time in my life where like prayer was just like not a thing in my life. It was when I was younger and it is now, but during that time it just wasn't. And I'm, I'm like, God, like, please like help me with this. I, I need like, give me a sign. Give me, give me anything. Like I'm willing to do what it takes. And the next day I looked in the mail and I I got a letter Mm. that I was being deported from England. (laughs) 
I'm like, oh, wow, dang. That you was need that sign. <laughs> Here it is. Get your ass home. Exactly. Yeah. I, I overstayed my initial visa and I was in the process of applying for another visa, but that visa got denied. So anyway, that was my sign of like, all right, you have 30 days to get your Canadian butt out of this country. Wow. So I, yeah, I gave notice on my place. I, my boyfriend and I had broken up by this time and I just like went back to Canada and I can remember being on the, you know, flying back home and thinking to myself, I am so prepared to leave all of this struggle behind me in England, you know, and like start like a new life in, in, mm-hmm. in Vancouver and Canada. So, so I did. And I say I did. It was like the rockiest road ever, but I was so <laughs> committed to, to that. So the next day, Aaron, I like Googled, literally Googled life yeah. coach Vancouver. And this guy came up um, named Ray Williams, who still mm-hmm. lives there. He's actually still one of my mentors to this day. And, um, him and I just started working together and I would go to his house in Coal Harbor every single Wednesday at three o'clock. And, um, we would just talk and work on things. And, you know, I was so committed to putting band-aids on bullet wounds and, and trying to fix my eating disorder through dieting and over-exercising yes. and you know, all of that. And then Ray was like, this is an inside job. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. So I, I, I began, you know, the process of like, why, why am I using food as a drug? Why am I restricting? Why do I hate my body so much? Why have I always hated mm-hmm. my body? Where did this all come from? And really getting to the core. And so that was the beginning of this, of this healing journey um, that, you know, I consider myself to still be on. And, and, I, and I think healing is a lifelong journey, lifelong mm-hmm. journey. And I think every day the intent is to ask ourselves, how can we love ourselves more? How can we be softer and kinder? How can we really just like set this vision for like who we are and be more connected to ourselves? And how can we just like release all of the, you know, the, the, the friction in our lives that are preventing us from hearing ourselves. And, you know, it's, it's a lifelong journey that I'm definitely committed to. And, um, it's my passion to support people, uh, on that journey as well. So, so that's me. <laughs> right there with you. So inspiring. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Robbie Talks. Rules and restrictions may apply.
This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. Friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you a over. I, I mean, I have so many questions about your story right off the bat, but one of the main ones is this moment of time when you were just like, I'm done. Mm. I'm done. I'm done. I have to leave this behind because Mm. we all know, I mean, every week, basically you were having a mini I'm done moment. Like I'm not going to binge anymore. I'm not going to overeat anymore. And I'm going to get things under control. So what do you think it was like because I think this moment is so important and pivotal for people in the healing process. It's that like moment when you're like, I'm really done. I'm, mm. I really can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was that brought you to that point? Yeah, I know exactly what it was. It was the first time in my life that I valued my mental health over my body image. It was the first time in my life where I was like, no, actually my mental health is more important than what I look like. Mm -hmm. And I'd never had that realization before, ever. And so I'm like, oh my God, what would it look like if I paid more attention to my mental health? Like I was spending at this point in my life, like 80% of my day just worrying about my relationship to food and and, um, my body, Mm -hmm. my body image, what my body looked like, the number on the scale. And I thought to myself, what would it look like if I paid that much attention to loving myself and Im- improving my mental health and um, learning to reconnect with my body? And I took all of that resource, all of that energy, and I put it there. Because it's yeah. like everyone listening who's in this position, you know how exhausting it is to be in a fight with your body. It's like the worst. And it's so it's so all-consuming of everything. Not only yeah. does it does it drain your en- energy on a daily basis, it, it prevents you from showing up in the world the way you want to show up. It prevents you from expressing yourself and doing the things that light up your soul. Like there's yeah. no way I would have been able to build two companies, have a relationship and, and have all these cool things in my life if I was still there. Because there was so much mental capacity that was like um, just, just drained and used up. And so- um, what excites me a lot about supporting people with this is, is like, yes, getting over food and body. Cool. That's step one. But like the most exciting part is like who that person becomes after how they get to take up space in the world and express. So, Oh, I love it. You know what? I think it's um, really important. This piece that you just mentioned uh, in regards to our mental health, because from a very young age as women, we are taught that our value lies in our body and the way that we look, not in our mental health or our capacity or passion or our purpose or any of these things. And so, so much time and energy from, you know, the time that we're 
seven, eight, we start to see and spend mm. thinking about the way that we look and how do we fit in? And mm. like, does that girl like me? And does that boy like me? And do I look like these pictures that I'm seeing on Instagram or, you know, in our old age day and time, it was magazines, but yeah. you know, it was like, it is, it is, um, it would like, if only there was more time and energy being spent with these young kids on developing, um, their, their unique qualities and traits, which is why, you know, I've invested so much time and energy into this free to be program, which helps kids mm. to do that. So with you, um, in your specific journey, you, t- you mentioned a little bit of like overeating and restricting. What did that actually look like for you? Because I think that this is an area where women carry so much shame and feel like I'm the only one. I'm the only one who does this. And so I'm, I'm curious to know what that looked like for you. I've obviously shared my own experience. But- yeah. Yeah. That for me looked like this it was this relentless obsession with trying to find the one thing that was going to work. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so like researching and figuring out and like looking at all these diets and reading reviews of diets and like, okay, this is the one that's going to, that's going to be the thing, you know, and, and like getting so hopeful that Mm -hmm. I found the thing that was going to work. And then then me doing it and being like, this is so crazy. This is so hard. Like, why am I doing this? I feel awful. I'm distancing myself from my friends. I'm distancing myself from my, my partner, my boyfriend at the time. I am not wanting to call home and hang out with my parents because I don't want them to actually know how I'm doing. Um, and so it was this battle of like, you know, my girlfriend's be like, hey, let's go for dinner tonight. And I'd be like, nope, I'm not going to because if I like, I don't trust myself to not you know, overeat. And then I, and then, or, or like, I don't want you to know that like, I'm on this like crazy freaking restrictive diet and I actually can't have anything at that restaurant except for a glass of water. So it was, it was, it was this like time in my life where I was just like socially isolated and, um, yeah, didn't, and, which is so crazy. Cause now I'm like the biggest social butterfly, like Eric, my boyfriend's always been like, come back down to earth. Like you are, you're always wanting to do everything. And so it was going so against my nature. And then, and then the overeating would be just like, it was like this moment of like F it, you know, I, I, I don't even care anymore. You know, well, don't even care quotation marks. Right. And then I would, you know, eat the Nutella and the peanut butter and you know, all, all the things and then be like, Oh God, I cannot believe I just did that. Boom. Next day researching again, the next diet. And so I, you know, I can remember, um, at the time I was reading a book called woman food and God by Janine Roth. And it's, it's such a full circle moment because she's now one of my like dear friends. And I, I can remember reading her words and being like, Oh my God, yes, she gets me. And at that point in time, I was like, this is the only like Oh, it's so it's me, and then it's this other woman who lives in California that are going through this, right? And I and I, <laughs> yes. as I was reading her book, I was like, oh my god, this is me, this is me, this is me, and so like I became I became became like a super fan of hers. Um, but it, it's like for everyone listening, it's like you're so not alone. And I think the the conversation around this of um, you know, this whole topic, the conversation of this whole topic is, is something that we don't like women love to talk about how they hate their bodies, but we don't actually get into like the details of like what it actually looks like. And I, last week I was on a, I I ran a webinar for like 
about a thousand women who struggle with this particular issue. And I was sort of just reading the comments after it was done. And, and the comments were like, oh my God, I cannot believe that this many people struggle with this. I cannot believe yeah. I'm not alone. I cannot believe yeah. this. And, and so I think one of the greatest things to get over this is community, the felt sense of like community being held. You know, I, I look at my life and, and some of the things that like I um, need, uh, want growth in, which it, pertains to like business right now. And so I surround myself with people who are in that same place as I am, right? Looking to go to the next level. And so we can talk about our challenges. I'm like, oh my God, you also want to pull your hair out because of like hiring and firing. Okay, cool. Yeah, me too. Right. And, and like, you know, um, hiring like a coach to like really tell me like, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. So I'm not fluttering around. And I think, I think it's just like, we just need the clarity to know, okay, here's the path. I I'm going to set a vision for like what's possible for myself when food is no longer an issue and just really allowing our body to, to create that. Mm. Can you share some of your greatest tools that you would say or sort of principles around the hungry for happiness method Mm -hmm. that have supported you personally and also these incredible women that you've worked with in Mm -hmm. finding some freedom from food. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll start that with, with a a short story. (laughs) So as I was, as I was going through this battle, I I was reading, um, oh my gosh, what's it called? Uh, Eat, pray, love. And um, the I think the pray part of that, or with the love, I can't remember. But anyways, the love part was like this woman goes to Bali, she finds herself, she's whatever. And so I was reading that, thinking to myself, oh, that's a good idea. I'm gonna do that. And so I'd flown back from England, started working with Ray, and I told Ray, hey, I'm gonna go to Bali, and I'm gonna gonna try this, you know, holistic approach to healing. And he was like, that sounds perfect. That's super in alignment with what we're doing. And I'm like, great. So I, I, I went to Bali, reading, rereading the book on the way to Bali. And um, she talks about like meditation and la, la, la. And at the time I was like so not into meditation at all, which is like surprises people today because that's what I do pretty much all day long. <laughs> so I get to <laughs> Bali and I, I grab my scooter and I, I go to this meditation class, which actually was like canceled or I was late or something. And I ended up not going to the meditation class, but the class that was um, on at the time that I showed up was a breathwork class. And I'm like, what the heck is a breathwork class? Like just breathing in and out. Like what is, what is this all about? I'm I'm confused. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it anyway. I get to the class and it's like, it was like, a three-hour class. I'm like, what the heck? And so I get in there and everyone's like lying down and it looks like it looks like an adult sleepover. Everyone's like lying down with pillows and blankets. I'm like, what's going on right now? So I go, I go there and I just like kind of go into like the back corner and just like lie down. And this man teaches this breath pattern. And within a few moments of me feeling this breath pa- this this breath, I'm like, whoa, I feel electric, I feel tingly, I feel sensations in my body that I've never felt before. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did this breath pattern for three hours, which literally felt like 10 minutes. It felt like 10 wow. minutes because time just collapses. And I was able to get into my body, feel my body. Um, and yeah, this was at a time where I felt either anxiety or numbness. And in this class, yeah. I felt everything. And so I just began to be so obsessed with this, with breath work and um, doing it all the time and, and incorporating it into my practices. And then I started using it with my clients. I was like, hey, like try this when you're about to binge. Try this mm. when you feel like, like at the top of your body hatred. Just try this then. And my clients were like, oh my God, Sam, this is 
so insane. This is so crazy. Like I've never experienced anything like this. And I'm like, yes, we're onto something. So then I just kept <laughs> incorporating breathwork into everything that I did. And then now, so now at Hungry for Happiness, we teach breathwork a lot in you know our programs, the food freedom journey. It's a huge part mm-hmm. of how we help people. And then two years ago, I started uh, pause breathwork, which is just focus on breathwork. That's it. We don't do any other food and body stuff. And it's just amazing. It's amazing. It helps. Breathwork helps with addiction. It helps with all sorts of things. So I, you know, breathwork is one of the, so I'd say, I'm going to give you guys three tools. Breathwork yeah. is definitely like one of the best, most powerful tools in, in supporting people who struggle with food and their body. The second thing is so often we have no idea of the vision that we want to create with our, with our body and how we feel. And Mm. so the second tool is a tool called future casting, which is really getting so, so, so clear on what is, what do I feel like when I am not in this struggle anymore? What does life look like? How do I show up as a mother? How do I show up as a wife? How do I show up as a sister or a daughter? How can I truly create this version of myself that does not struggle with food? And what, is that, what does that actually, actually look like? And so future casting is split up into three parts. First is like the intention of like, what's my intention? What do I, what do I actually want? And really follow your desire, like really tracking your body, like that feeling of desire where does my desire lead me to? What is it that I actually want? And really mm. giving ourselves permission to like allow ourselves to have that thing. The second thing is visually. What does it look like? Where are you? Where do you live? How do you, how do you, what does your body look like? You know, what does your body look like? What is it, what is it like? Look at all the little things. What are you wearing? Who are you with? What is the actual visual representation of that vision? And then what, what do you feel like? Like, how do you actually feel in your body? And that third one is the most important thing. You know, so often we just have this idea of like, I just want to lose weight. Okay. Or like, I just want to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, why? Like everything we do in life is because we want a feeling. So what if we were to allow our systems to feel that felt sense of freedom or peace or contentment or whatever it is. And I think what's really important to note here is I really believe that Every single woman on the planet gets to be in the body that, that she desires and loves. And that, is, that looks different for every single person, mm-hmm. every single person. And so it's really about being intentional about what is it that you desire? What is it that you want? And, and knowing that you get to have that. You get to have whatever you desire and whatever you want, but we got to do it from a place of love. We got to do it mm-hmm. from a place of like being so self-honoring. And then, so, so the first one is breath work. The second one is, yes. Can I ask, I have two questions before we go into the third one. So the, so the first one is this, sometimes people are born into a body Mm. and based on what we see in society, like I will never have a Kim K body. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't even know if Kim K's body is real, but like I will never have, yeah. I, I have yeah. tiny A boobs and I have like twig arms and my body just won't mm-hmm. have those curves. So as much mm-hmm. as I could desire that. So how do you bridge that gap mm-hmm. with the people that you're working with of accepting what they've been given to mm-hmm. work with, but also, you know, being able to have what they desire in their mm-hmm. body? Desire comes from feeling, not ego. Right. So, so we have to, so, so often if we're really, really real with ourselves, the desire of what, of, of how we want to be in our bodies is very different than what our ego tells us because our ego and our mind is conditioned by society. So Mm -hmm. maybe when you first hear that, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I want to look like a Victoria's Secret model, but 
you actually don't. <laughs> so it's, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it, it, yeah. it, it's like, how can I, how can I be so connected to my body? What God has given me, God, universe, whatever word you want to use and, and really get clear on what that is for me. Yeah. Like really case by case. You know, I love what you just said. And one of the exercises I often do with clients is a mental rehearsal. And we have this on the podcast. If you want to do it, it's similar to what Sam's talking about. But what I find interesting about this, when I think about it, a lot of the people who I coach, when they do that, mm. they don't see themselves as being that different exactly. from who they are now. Exactly. When you remove the ego, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I'm more calm. And I'm like wearing white or I'm wearing jeans or I have a summer dress on and yep. I'm a little bit more like toned or maybe like it's slight, slight changes. Slight, slight, slight. Mm -hmm. It's so, so interesting. It's so interesting. And it's, we have to ask the question from our bodies. Like I, I literally ask my body, what do you, what do you, like, how do you want to be? You know, cause mm. you know more than I do. And I think always assuming that your body knows more than you do and like yeah. really like opening up the dialogue. Um, and that this leads into my third point, but like really opening up the dialogue and asking ourselves, like, like, how do you want to move today? This has been a huge thing for me is I, I struggled a lot with like food addiction, exercise addiction, work addiction, the whole thing. Right. And so when I was in the phase of, of exercise addiction, I did not consult my body or have any dialogue or how, on how my body wanted to move. It was always like, what is my ego deciding today that my body yeah. wants? <clears throat> And so, so the third thing that the third big piece of this is okay, before we head into Sam's third tip, I wanted to tell you about a new free guide that I've created for you called five steps to end the battle with food and your body. If you are listening to this and you're somebody who is struggling with emotional eating, binge eating, restrictive eating, or you're just plain tired of being on a diet, this free guide is for you. If you find yourself disconnected from your hunger and fullness cues, if you find yourself eating when you know you're not really hungry, if you eat secretly or you feel embarrassed about your eating habits, this guide is for you. You can download it in the show notes. Just click the link and it will be sent to your email address. If you're somebody who looks in the mirror and you feel unhappy with the reflection staring back at you, I created this for you. If you wish that you could have more freedom with the types of food that you eat without feeling so guilty afterwards, the guide is for you. Most importantly, if any part of you feels like you are missing out on life because you're always thinking about food and your body, my free guide, the five steps to end the battle with food and your body is for you. Click the link in the show notes and start using these five tools today. So the third thing that the third big piece of this is we got to, we got to feel in order to heal. We can't put band-aids on bullet wounds when it comes to disordered eating and body image issues. We actually got to be in our body. And this is one of the most beautiful homecomings we can possibly do. And this journey is, it, it, it takes patience and it's, it's slow and your ego is going to want to be like, are we there yet? Let's go, let's go, let's go. And what we need to realize is the body's timeline for healing is always probably 10 times longer than the, the timeline of the mind. And so it's really about increasing the capacity to feel because when we increase our capacity to feel, especially feeling pain, 
That's mm-hmm. where all the lessons, that's where so many of the lessons are. Not all the lessons, but that's where a lot of the lessons are is in that pain, in that anxiety. And, and just really being mindful of the difference between pain and pain and suffering, right? Suffering is being attached to a story. Suffering is the victim mentality. Pain is just being that experience of like, wow, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel this. I don't feel that. And then asking ourselves, how can I love you more? What do you most need from me? You know, so when I wake up like today, I'm like, okay, how does my body want to want to move today? And I'm like, oh, I just like, I really just want to go for like a nice long walk. I don't want to do any resistance. I don't want to do any lifting. Like that doesn't feel good. Yesterday was a completely different story, you know? And as women, we're going through different cycles all the time. And there's times even in our like menstrual cycle where it's like, we just don't want to lift. Like, it's just not good for us to like lift heavy and just go hard. It's sometimes way more beneficial for us to have a softer workout. So really increasing our capacity to feel so that we can have more of a dialogue with our body and our body can begin to tell us the intelligence that is just so infinite and abundant. So beautiful. I love, I love all three of those so much. They're all such great tools um, for people to use. I know one thing that I hear commonly is if I start to listen to my body, Mm. my body will tell me that it just wants to sit on the couch and eat chips all day. And there's so much fear around learning to trust the body again. Mm. But what I've found, and I'm curious to know if you found the same thing and and same thing with your clients is that when we truly tune into our body, which is meant to move and be nourished, our body won't just want to sit on the couch and eat chips all day. You'll have days where you actually crave the run or lifting weights for you or Mm. Pilates or yoga. And it, and it might not be every day and that's Mm -hmm. okay too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's so when we start this work, okay, hang on. Let me try and explain this really clearly. (laughs) So we have, (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to go do like a little tool and I'll come back to, so we have three pillars of connection, right? So we have our mental, we have our emotional and we have our intuitive. Mm. So our mind is constantly telling us things all day long. Eat the chips, do this, do this, blah, blah, blah. You're not good enough. There's this, there's, we have a reptilian brain that's 2 million years old that is constantly telling us all of these messages. And, and most of us who are struggling with food and body are very identified with the cognitive mental pillar. Then we have our emotionality, right? All the sensations, all the contractions, the openings, all the feels, right? And then underneath that, we have our intuition, which is like the place that we want to listen to when we are listening to our body. So when we first start on this path to body love, where a lot of us are so identified with the mental. So the, the message of sit on the couch and eat chips all day is actually the mind, not the intuition. Yeah. So it's just really about discerning the difference between that. Oh, so great. I absolutely love that. Okay. I have to ask, can you share a breathwork tool with us? Yeah. To do you kind want to of do right wrap now? up this session? I think that would be so helpful for people okay. to kind of have something that they can take in addition to everything else you've already shared, but that they can start practicing even today. So can you tell us when you would recommend doing this and okay. then share the technique with us? Yeah. So I would recommend doing this when you're on the verge of binge eating, when you're on the verge of um, yeah, when you're on the verge of, of uh, like hating on your body or shaming your body or right when you're about to like grab the food, right? This is like a beautiful like pattern interrupt. It's like healthy interruption so that we can do opposite action. Okay. So it's two minutes. So we're going to do one minute of breath and one minute of a breath hold. 
So the breath pattern that we're going to do is called the tri-active breath, tri-three-active because it's active and, and we're moving the breath. And so we only do it through the mouth. If you're driving, don't do this because you may feel a little dizzy. <laughs> so if you're driving or, or you're in water, just, just pause us move your, stop your car, whatever, you know, um, don't do it while you're driving. <laughs> Please. Um, so, so we want to bring, bring the breath into the belly, up into the chest and out through the mouth. So it sounds like this. Yeah. Okay. So we want to, that's the breath. And then at the end of it, I'll time us at the end of it, we're going to take a deep, deep, deep breath in through the nose. We're going to hold at the top. And then hold as long as you can. If you can't hold as long as I'm suggesting, just release the breath and just come back down. But I, I want you to pay attention to how you're feeling before and how you're feeling after. And it's so quick and it's so, it's just so easy. Amazing. So, Exciting. Um, all right, let's do it. All right, everyone close your eyes. Take a deep breath in through the nose. Just checking in with your body, seeing how you feel in this moment. How do you feel? And when you're ready, starting the breath pattern together. That keep the breath moving, keep it circulating. You're safe to breathe, you're safe to feel. Moving the energy in the body. That's it. Beautiful, nice and deep. That's it. Keep the breath moving, circulating, flowing. That's it. Beautiful. Now, when you're ready, taking a deep breath in through the nose, holding at the top, holding the breath at the top. Notice you might feel a little dizzy at first, just holding on. Beautiful work. Now, just allowing yourself to experience that sense of calm, contentment. Beautiful work. You are safe to breathe. You are safe to feel. That's it. Beautiful. And if you feel called to release the breath, you can. If you'd like to hold on for a little longer, you can do that as well. And now when you're ready, releasing the breath. Coming back into your body. Just experiencing the sensations, the vibrations of your body. That's it. Beautiful. And now opening up your eyes, coming back into the space. Do you feel a shift? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. I just yeah. feel like more in my body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. More grounded and calm. And yes. Yeah. Yeah, wow, it's, um, thank you. There's um, there's a, lo a lot of us who 
have struggled with food and body are very, um, it's called the leaving pattern. And so basically we just want to like leave our bodies, get out of my body. Mm -hmm. And so breath work is a, is a really powerful tool to help us be in our bodies, become more embodied, really feel, feel deeply into our system. So beautiful. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find you for more mm. information and to follow along on your journey, all the things? So I'm very active on Instagram, just at Samantha Skelly, my first and last name. Um, Hungry for Happiness is where you're going to find all the food and body conversation. And then pausebreathwork.com is where all the breathwork magic is. So, um, but my Instagram is sort of where I share all of it. <laughs> it's your hub. It's your hub. Head on over to at Samantha Skelly on Instagram. Uh, we'll make sure that we share everything, all the links, all the things in the show notes. Uh, thank you again for joining us. If you found that this episode was helpful, if there are any aha moments, any tips that you know will support you, if you could take a moment to leave a review or to share it with somebody that you love, that is my only request. It really helps us to get Sam's beautiful message out there into the world mm -hmm. and allows us to help so many more women who are on this journey as well. Have a beautiful day, everyone. We'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.